Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. <laughs> Living Wisely, Living Well, October 29th. Think of yourself as a student of truth and of life, never as anybody's teacher. If your duty in life is, in fact, to teach others, consider what a privilege it is to share with them what you've learned from life. Never feel that anyone owes it to you to accept what you tell him. This is a very important attitude to hold, even if your position in life is not to be a teacher. I mean, so many people feel that they're, they're here to make the world right. There's a, a, a gym, an exercise gym, on the main road between the community where I live and where our temple is, so I pass it all the time. It's one of those places now you're going to hear the old woman complain about modern times, but the, the, they have these huge... Uh, like panels on the outside of their building with just the most hideous, the most hideous pictures on them of people. That, they're just hideous. That's the only word I can use. I, this is the, um, the curmudgeon rights of a person who's 73. I claim them. Boldly, I claim them. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even apologize. The advertising is hideous. And one of the pictures of some ghastly-looking female, and they're all sort of like not quite naked, but sort of naked. You just—it's just like it's very odd. And anyway, part of it is make yourself a gift to the world. This is for an exercise gym. I'm not really quite sure. Maybe just by making your body so beautiful. But every time I go by it, I think, make yourself a gift to the world. Like, what the heck are they trying to say there? And it's, it is a lot of those things like, I'm going to skip over to something completely other. Many years ago, like 30 or 40 years ago, would it have been that long? 30 years ago at least. Um, I'm not going to mention the, the band because it's, it's not relevant anymore. But there was a, uh, what would the word be? Was it rock and roll? It was pop music. It was popular music. Um, there was a band that was number one in the world, had the number one album in the world. They were not based in America, they were based in Europe. And the 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 whole band, and, and especially the lead singer in that band, became very devoted to Ananda and, and visited us often. And the lead singer used a great deal of his wealth to help us for a period of time. He actually helped... He paid for the first publication of Swami's autobiography. Very, very good karma for him. Very nice man. And his style of singing, he wrote, all, he wrote most, most of their popular songs, and his lyrics almost made sense. Not quite, almost made sense. There was sort of like an implied meaning that if you like make yourself a gift to the world, it's like, if you think about it, maybe it means something, but you're not really quite sure what it means, but you kind of get the feeling... And his way of singing was also quite nasal and a bit of a whine. But they were number one in the world. I mean, they went to you know stadiums all over the place and filled them. And they were very nice people. And the messages were positive. Um, so at a certain point, Swami wanted to help him. And he said, you know, 
I could help you with your lyrics. Goswami, Swami didn't make it quite that, that bold. It was a more subtle suggestion. But the suggestion was, you know, I could help you write better. I could improve the poetry of your lyrics. And I could teach you to place your voice better, you know, so that you wouldn't have such a whiny nasal tone. And the, the man, who was just a wonderful fellow, listened to Swamiji and, and with great appreciation said, Oh, I'm, I'm, sir, I'm so pleased that you're willing to help me. I mean, it really deeply touches me. If I changed the way I write my lyrics so they were more clear, and if I made my voice more rich and appropriate, I would lose my popularity immediately. <laughs> This is what people want. They don't want it too clear. They don't want it too melodic. He was he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean Swami just laughed because he he's not in tune with the times. This man was in tune with the times. It was exactly what was needed. So making yourself a gift to the world is kind of what people are calling self-esteem these days. It's like we just try to make ourselves important. And we try to sort of walk around. As, as, you know, here I am, they're trying to say something. What they're trying to say and not saying is, Lord, how can I serve? You know, how can I uplift? How can I be a positive force? And that is a prayer and a, an aspiration and an idea really worth expressing. When we um, found ourselves, this is being recorded in 2020, when we found ourselves all being so constricted during the lockdown that's been part of the pandemic of this year. Um, it's just like what happened is every, all our options, so many options got closed in. And very quickly it was clear to me that the, the way to remain mentally healthy through this cycle, however long it lasts, it's not over when this is being recorded, is how can I serve? And I mean, that's a, another form of make yourself a gift to the world, but it's not me who is the gift. You know, I just don't know exactly what that would mean. What does that look like? Hello, everyone, here I am. I'm your gift. I mean, surprise, surprise. I mean, there's a lot of rather unsavory implications behind that particular expression, and perhaps that's what that billboard means. The fact that she was not wearing a lot of clothes, you know, had lots of implications in it. I don't know. Who knows? But it's not me who is the gift, or you, or that poor woman who posed for that picture. It's the power of uplifting spirit that can pass through us. And that's what we're really here to do. And we're not here to tell other people how they should behave. We're not here to say, I figured it out and this is what you should do. We're not here to put our, ourselves in a superior relationship to anyone. That very thought is antithetical. Swamiji's uh, self-definition of basically what he does, what he did his whole life, is he would share his enthusiasm. He discovered Master's teachings. He discovered self-realization. He became a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. It gave such joy to his life. What he wanted to do is he just wanted to share that joy. And the joy was the joy of the discovery, the joy of what he'd learned. And, and his actual consciousness of joy, but it wasn't his joy. It wasn't Kriyananda that was the point. It was the fact that we can attune ourselves to this energy. And we can, in fact, well, become a blessing to the world. 
We can become an uplifting force in the world, but not if the ego is involved, not if any of that is about me. And so that's why Swami says, don't ever call yourself a teacher, even if it's your responsibility to teach others. Swamiji was very careful about that. And he even said it very specifically. And Lord knows he had the right to call himself a teacher more than anyone I've ever known in this world. But he never did. He said because it's, it's unhealthy to call yourself a teacher. He would just share. And in his own mind, that's what he was doing. I've, in his own mind, he wasn't teaching. He was sharing. He'd, he'd discovered something really wonderful and he was explaining it to people in the hope in, in the hope that it would become as meaningful to them and as beneficial to them as it, it was to him. It's the nature of joy to want to share itself. Just before I started making this recording today, I heard about, we're, we're still in this lockdown, I heard about an on, a, a, a one-time online streaming event of a very talented actor-musician who does beautiful programs, and I, I ordered a ticket so that I can sit in my living room with my housemate and watch it. That would be great. But before I was satisfied, I had to send it out to the whole network of people that I know. I just couldn't, I literally could not keep it for myself. And if I were sitting and enjoying the program in a few days and had forgotten to open that opportunity to everyone else, I would have just felt terrible because it's the nature of joy to want to share itself. And that's how we should approach everything that we do. Sometimes when I'm trying to help people who are just beginning a life that, that may look a little like mine, where my responsibility for decades has been to pass on to people what I learned from Swami Kriyananda. When I describe my life, I had the opportunity, the very good karma, to meet Swami Kriyananda when I was young. I had the incredible good karma to recognize literally instantaneously what, what he could be for me in my life in terms of uplifting my life and changing it for the better. I had the opportunity to hear him teach. Teach, I'm using that word because he taught me. I had the, the opportunity to hear him explain the spiritual path um, many, many times. I have a good memory for what he said. I have a knack for thinking how it applies in the moment. That's what I do. And that's it. That has nothing to do with, you know, with making myself a gift. <laughs> I just have this wonderful opportunity to share something marvelous. When people find Ananda, find Kriyananda, find Yogananda's teachings, come to our temple um, for the first time and they're enthusiastic about it or send me emails, you know, all the different ways that we communicate these days, my response to people is, is, is a very simple one. This path has been deeply meaningful and extraordinarily beneficial to, certainly to me and to many, many of us. My prayer for you is that it proved to be of, of, the, of equal benefit in your life. And that's what we're here. And then we're here to see if there's anything I can do. Is there any, is there any way I can serve you? So that the same opportunities that have been given to me May, may turn out to be the opportunities you want in your life. But teach someone. Also, you can't teach anyone anything. If, if one thinks about one's own life, you realize that. You never take anybody's word for it. Nobody takes anybody's word for it. And in fact, you really shouldn't take anybody's word for it. If you're just doing it because somebody said so, it's, it's, there's no strength in that. 
because somebody's going to come along and say something else, and you'll be just as likely to go with them if they're more pers- persuasive. You have to come from your own experience. And when people resonate with what you're saying, when they, in a very true sense, recognize it, smriti is actually the Indian word, the Sanskrit word for it. It's a divine memory. Somebody speaks truth to you, and you recognize it. Yes, that's true. I know that's true from my own experience. So you're not actually teaching them anything. You're just reminding them of what they already know and may have slipped a little bit from from their point of focus. You're just putting it back so that they will now be able to act on it. That's why, you know, oftentimes, that's why we use the word realize, even the whole path of self-realization. And the word realize is a fascinating word because when you realize something, you're not learning it. You're just recognizing it. You realize it. And the implication is it's always been there. You just It was a little outside of your sight, and now it's come into sight. So if somebody else articulates that and then brings it to the forefront, and then all of a sudden you know it, they haven't taught you anything. They've just pointed out something that you've forgotten. And, and that, that makes the person who's talking, you know, even the person who's standing in front of the room, no different than everybody else in the room. They've just had certain opportunities that they're passing on to you, and then you get to make a choice on them. And, as Swami says, it's a privilege to do that. People don't owe it to you to listen to you. I told you that. You, why are you defying me? If you're not going to listen to me, I'm not going to help you anymore. Nah. Just, you offer because you offer. It's the nature of the rose to give off perfume. It's the nature of joy to want to share itself. But you can't impose it on people. Worse still, you can't demand that they listen to you. It's a privilege to share. And that's how we should always remember. Whether you are, as Swami said, in a formal position, or if you're just a normal person doing anything that you do, it's a privilege to share. That's what we should remember. Think of yourself as a student of truth and of life never as anybody's teacher. If your duty in life is, in fact, to teach others, consider what a privilege it is to share with them what you've learned from life. Never feel that anyone owes it to you to accept what you tell him. Joy to you, my friend. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.